0: Look at my butt. Show number 173 of Look at His Butt. LT and JK still talking track. Let, let's do the show for real this time.
1: Okay, yeah, that, la- that last <laughs> time. I don't know.
0: I think we have to fire our prop person. I think we have to fire the prop person and the show's producer, which is me. So it's going to be a very, very, very short show. Anyway, um, we have tons of stuff. And you have something that you wanted to um, show me and share with our listening audience. And I
1: was quite thrilled to receive this. I'm going to hold it up so you can see it.
0: Oh, Oh, wait. Hold it back a little bit. Ooh, it's called Obsessed with Star Trek. Well, that's us. That's
1: us. And it is a book. Brought to me by my sister
0: oh, because awesome. she,
1: she saw it and she thought, I'm pretty sure I've never seen this in her collection. This is a test your knowledge of the Star oh. Trek universe, oh. 2,500 questions. Oh,
0: my God.
1: And da- it's a book, but down in the corner, it's got this little thing. Yeah. So I'm hitting the try me button and it didn't do anything. Oh,
0: did you hear is that? No. Oh, yeah, I heard that. That's a funny noise. Huh. Anyway, um,
1: the way it works is, mm-hmm. oh, now it's making tons of noises. Oh, I set, I, could I hear that. I, I hear set that. something off. It's got questions for everything: the movies, all the different series, and they're all multiple choice. And so, as players, you you know choose A, B, C, D on the machine. I meant to look in the back and see if there there are also answers there, but it appears not. So if the machine is broken, we're just going to have to assume we're
0: right. But the next (laughs) time we're together, we're going to play this. We will get drunk and we will play it. That sounds awesome. Yes. That's what I want to do. I'll give you a
1: sample question. This is the one on the back of the book. (sighs) Okay. What was James T. Kirk's rank at the beginning of the first Star Trek film?
0: Admiral, right? Okay, I thought it was going to be a hard question. No, no, no
1: (laughs) that that was the original series one. But it 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 is
0: huge. Look at look at how big this is. That is wonderful. Well, um, please tell her thank you on my behalf and on behalf of of all our listeners are going to have a blast with it. Yeah, it's by someone named Chip Carter. Chip Carter, thank you, Chip Carter, for writing that book, putting it together. Um. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to playing that. And here's another thing that we're going to do when we're together, which is that we're going to watch the Riff tracks version of Kingdom of the Spiders. Um, You knew that they were going to get around to that eventually, and they have. Um, What I really love is the description that they've written for it. So I want to read it because it's so good. And I had totally forgotten about Bill's character having a ridiculous name. So um, here it goes. Captain Kirk, T.J. Hooker. Twilight Zone Plain Guy. <laughs> Johnny Legal. Presumably his name on Boston Legal. Didn't bother to check. The Dad Who Says Shit. All great characters, sure, but William Shatner will always be best known for one role and one role alone Rack. <laughs> Rural veterinary doctor Robert Rack Hansen, of course. He of the inexplicable nickname, fondness for cowboy hats, and habit of hitting on his brother's widow by saying he'd like to milk her. <laughs> A lesser man would have stopped with Rack, his legacy complete. Such a great, internationally beloved part, it's a testament to Shatner's skill as an actor that he's escaped its shadow, the kingdom of the spiders' conventions and catchphrases and reboots, and become known for more than just Rack. Rack. (laughs) Rack. No, seriously, he has people call him Rack, and he thinks he's a sexy cowboy. Animals and people are dying of spider venom in Racks, sleepy Arizona town, and when he and a foxy out-of-towner discover a giant hill of venomous spiders on a local farm, they somehow don't immediately make the connection, burn it down, and end the movie. What unfolds is a creeping, ridiculous, town-destroying horror, packed with more real-life tarantulas than the basement home of that spooky, pale guy who sold drugs outside your high school. (laughs) Rack up! Put on your spider stompiest shoes and join Mike, Bill, and Kevin in the kingdom of the spiders. And from people who have gotten this and watched it, um, they said it's very, very funny. Oh. So I am really looking forward to yes, watching this. Yes, that it will be, be awesome. that will be much fun. yeah So if you're a fan of Kingdom of the Spiders, and who isn't, honestly, mm-hmm. um, we encourage you to run over to Rift Tracks and download this. It's only ten bucks for loads and loads of laughs. I
1: think if uh, the r- if uh, they were to do um, impulse, I would oh. have to be put in traction to watch that because <laughs> I would hurt myself laughing.
0: I think so. Especially all of those things that we've come to know and love. Yes. The finger and the bending over with the white pants <laughs> and the um, car wash people like you should be. Yeah. The car wash people like you should be ground up and turned into dog food. And, <laughs> And the 10-year-old going, this is where I get off. <laughs> really? Oh, so much. So much in that movie.
1: Well, speaking of movies. Yes. Um, Recently, Roger Ebert passed away. Yes, and very sad. Very sad. And a, really a, a big loss to, to everyone, I think, who loves movies and, and film. But um, I went, just because I don't know why, I just felt like doing this, and reread... Roger's review of Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Mm -hmm. And I want to share some of it with the listeners, partly as a a tribute to Roger, but also because I think he has some really interesting things to say about this movie and its place in the franchise and the big Mm -hmm. picture. So he starts out by giving big kudos to the writers. When they finished writing the script for Star Trek IV, they must have had a lot of silly grins on their faces. This is easily the most absurd of the Star Trek stories. And yet, oddly enough, it is also the best, the funniest, and the most enjoyable in simple human terms. I'm relieved that nothing like restraint or common sense stood in their way. Then he goes on to tell us, you know, a little bit about the plot. Um, And uh, so... He, finally, he goes, um, therefore, the crew's mission becomes clear. Because humpback whales are extinct in the 23rd century, they must journey back through time to the 20th century, obtain some humpback whales, and return with them to the future, thus saving Earth. After they thought up this notion, I hope the writers lit up cigars. <laughs> well, he goes on to talk about it. And I, I, this is where, to me, it gets really interesting. <clears throat> what makes their search entertaining is that we already know the crew members so well. The cast's easy interaction is unique among movies because it hasn't been learned in a few weeks of rehearsal or shooting. This is the 20th anniversary of Star Trek, and most of these actors have been working together for most of their professional lives. These characters know one another. Um, And I just want to read the last couple paragraphs then. Instead of providing a single human villain as counterpoint, Star Trek IV provides Mm -hmm. a heroine in Katherine Hicks. She obviously is moved by the plight of the whales, and although at first she understandably doubts Kirk's story that he comes from the 23rd century, eventually she enlists in the cause and even insists on returning to the future with them. There are some major action sequences in the movie, but they aren't the high points. The Star Trek saga has always depended more on human interaction and thoughtful, cause-oriented plots. What happens in San Francisco is much more interesting than what happens in outer space. And this movie, which might seem to have an unlikely and ungainly plot, is
0: actually the most elegant and satisfying Star Trek film so far. I love that. And, you know, when I was reading it this afternoon, I was just reflecting on what he had to say about the fact that this movie essentially doesn't have a villain. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there there are villains in terms of the people who hunted whales to extinction and and that sort of thing, like, you know, corporations or whatever. But there is no villain. And how how rare is that to find a movie these days that doesn't have a villain? Well, especially when it's
1: part of a quote-unquote, action franchise. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, there there are... It is... You know, Star Trek Four is kind of an action movie. There are action-y things that happen mm-hmm. in it, but um, it's really a thoughtful science fiction movie that poses a puzzle and it says, okay, now the protagonists have to so- fix the puzzle. They mm-hmm. have to figure out what the solution is. And I think that's part of what is irking me now about um, the new Trek stuff. You know, there's... There's no puzzle to it. It's like there's a bad guy and we have to beat the bad guy and that's it. And and there's no, it's not a thoughtful thing. And, and the new movie certainly doesn't seem to have any sort of puzzle aspect to it going on at all.
1: Um, And I, I want to segue into one of my other topics very quickly, which is this interview J.J. J. Abrams did with uh, Playboy. <laughs> and... Uh, And he talks about uh, Bill, and he goes, Shatner, sigh. I haven't spoken with him in a long time, but I did read something where he gave me a fantastic underhanded compliment. Something Mm -hmm. like, our movie was a fun action ride, and maybe one day it'll have a heart.
0: Yeah, that's a really uh, very astute comment on Bill's part, Mm -hmm. I would say. Yep, I think exactly I think um it. when it comes to
1: evaluating uh, scripts and and movies and and entertainment I think Bill has a very very sharp eye because yeah, uh yeah. remember he said upon seeing the first pilot the thing that struck him was they needed to lighten up
0: yeah and exactly very
1: very true without turning it into a comedy but mm-hmm. that's part of what makes that that first pilot kind of wooden
0: mhm I completely agree. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, Bill should know, but I agree with all that. Um, speaking of the the movie, um, I am going to go see it, and I'm going to go see it with our, our good friend Logan. He said he definitely wanted to see it, so at least I'll have a good friend there to hold me. Oh, good. Um, you know, and to, to stop me from irrationally hating it for, for no reason. So, uh, not looking forward to it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for the show.
1: Well, good. Take, take a bullet for the team. Take one for the team. <laughs> um, something I may be doing to take one for the team. On May 18th, the uh, Tenudas are going to be speaking. They've been doing a lot of research on the background of Space Seed. And uh, oh. they're going to be talking about that at a library. And it's out in Gurney, which is two hours away by train and bus. So, I don't know if I will go. It's a, a Saturday, but that would, you know, really...
0: <laughs> really? That, That's your whole day that, right that there. That is my
1: whole day, but um, if I go, maybe I can meet a fellow Trekkie who uh, promises to hate the new movie, too, and will go with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that sounds good. That, that sounds like a good plan. Mm-hmm. Well, um, let
1: us know if that happens. Well, yes, sure. and I'm putting it out there because, uh, Illinois listeners, if you want to to uh meet up in gurney or if you're driving and want to give me a ride (laughs) that would be even better that would be
0: super fantastico yeah um let's see what did i i'm looking at my list of stuff gosh we have such a long list of things to go through well i Um, know here's just a, a funny thing that i wanted to say so um i've been going to some exercise classes that are being held in a karate studio And the instructor, the sensei there, um, he's a really nice guy. And, you know, funnily enough, I just found out that he collects Star Trek stuff and Star Wars stuff. Mm -hmm. He was saying this in class the other day, and I didn't even want to speak up because I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of a class full of people. Because he was saying, oh, yes, I've got this and this and this and these Star Trek comic books from the 60s. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's really interesting. Anyway, um, so he was showing us how to do some exercise stuff, and um, he did a gratuitous shoulder roll, and it was really, really cool. <laughs> Wasn't expecting it. He just was, like, on one side of the room, and he was coming over to show us how to do something, and he, he literally just rolled himself into a ball and rolled on his shoulder and went across the room. And I was like, <gasps> gratuitous shoulder roll. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so it was awesome. It was really cool to see somebody do it in real life. Anyway, I just had to say that. Well, yes. Yes, of course. Um, now, let's see. You watched the clip that I sent you about a uh, bill on Beat the Clock. Correct? Yes. <laughs>
1: yes, and I did post it to our um, our Facebook and I okay, think we good. got some comments, so um, go ahead and talk while I'm bringing that up.
0: Okay. Well, it was a different clip. So we had watched him on the other Beat the Clock appearance from um, a while ago. We had talked about that. So this is a different one, and I think it was a little bit later. Um He had a terrible toupee, like one of the worst. Oh, yes. Like short on top and long in back. It just looked awful. It looked like it was painted on his head. He was wearing a shirt that was unfortunately just a little too small. And at several times during the show when he was exerting himself by doing one of the stupid things, the buttons popped open. Yes. And he had to go button his shirt. It was really bad. Um, He was wearing white socks. So he was still in the white socks (laughs) game. but he was being bill and of course he won at every single thing that he had to do. Well, yes, and you could see how proud he is of uh, winning. He was being super super competitive and the best part I think was that there were no male contestants on the show. No. Nope.
1: And Bill really liked when he got to sit on the bench with the girls. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, one on each side of him. Yes, the- and, and and I he really liked that tall girl Yes, and she really liked him too. Mm-hmm. They were definitely having some uh, eye sex or something that was going on during the show. <laughs> well,
1: um, I you had put that on the blog, and so on Correct. our Facebook, I told everybody to go look at that, which they did. And um, Cheryl said this must have been when Bill was at his absolute lowest because that rug was a disaster. Oh, it was such a disaster. oh, the worst ever. And then Amanda said, he looks very uncomfortable. Poor guy. He still gives 110%, though.
0: (laughs) He did. He absolutely did.
1: Yes, he did. And he won.
0: He won everything.
1: Yes. The next thing I want to talk about is something Mike McGee made me aware of. You will remember, and I'm sure listeners will, too. um, I don't know, a couple months back or whatever, there was a big thing about... um, Restoring the Galileo that people wanted in auction. Well, get this. Mm -hmm. Two Star Trek fans are boldly attempting what many have tried and failed to do before, breathing new life into a beloved TV shuttlecraft. Now, this was um, a story from New York. And so I'm kind of assuming that's where these guys are. Adam Schneider and Alec Peters are a few weeks away from completing their first successful restoration of the life-size shuttlecraft Galileo, a 24-foot-long set piece featured on the show. Peters and Schneider want to share their labor of love with anyone who is interested in seeing it. After the refurbishment is finished, Galileo will be placed in a yet-to-be-named public space. And what Mike said was, wouldn't it be cool to do a podcast from inside the Galileo?
0: Oh, Oh my goodness. It would be the best thing ever. Mm Mm-hmm. So how do we get them to to do this? How can we how can we do well, this? Well, there's a bunch of links in
1: this article, and I'm hoping there's also a very long video. Well, fifteen minutes. Um, That's long. Yes, <laughs> about the restoration and everything. So um, I will do a little research and uh, see what I can find out. They've got. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll go through some of these links and I'll watch the video and see how I can get in touch with them, find out where they are, and uh, would they be interested in hosting a podcast?
0: Oh, that would be the best thing. That would be so cool. That would just be great. It would be. And
1: thank you, Mike, for coming up with such a fabulous idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, now I'm all excited thinking
1: about <laughs> this now. Okay, cool. Okay, calm down. Really cool. okay, okay. <laughs> okay, what's next on your list?
0: Um, Let's see. Uh, well, it looks like Bill is going to be back on Priceline. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so um, he, somebody, uh, his channel, whatever, williamshatter.com on YouTube, uh, posted a little clip of him doing a night shoot for a new Priceline commercial. And it's a cute little clip where he just talks about what night shoots are like and how, you know, you have to have 8 billion people who are all doing it and cameras and lights and stuff like that. Um, and he said, just very casually introduces it by saying, you know, here I am doing a night shoot for a new Priceline commercial. Oh, okay, great. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So whatever they were talking about retiring him from Priceline, that's crap. That's not actually happening. Okay. Good. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm glad. Um, so that was good. Now, um, we should tell people. Uh, now, neither of us went to this, but it happened that here in the Bay Area, San Francisco ish, there was a showing of um, uh, The Cage, mm-hmm. right? Uh, with Crazy Pike. Right. <laughs> as the special guest star. Do you know anyone who went? I do not know anyone oh, who went, and I forgot I was going to Google to see if there were any reviews of said event to see what they had to say. Oh, okay. But I'm sure that Crazy Pike, A.K.A. Sean Kenny, was promoting his new book, um, so that he could, you know, t- tell people about what actually happened on the set, and then go into his conspiracy conspiracy mm-hmm. theories about uh, aliens and uh, invisible time travel and things like that.
1: Navy ships. Um, yeah, <laughs> so,
0: so like I, I wonder, you know, is he touring now to support this book? Is he going to be doing book signings coming to a, a, um, a town near you? You know, he actually has a website set up for that book, um, which I hadn't realized until I started clicking around a little bit. It's like I, I think I put it as a link in the notes to the last show. Mm-hmm. So if you want to find out more about it, you can actually go to the special website that he has set up for the book. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm still not going to buy the book, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there's only so much you can, you know, at some point you have to draw the line. Yeah, yeah. you know,
0: I'll, I'll go see the new Star Trek movie, but I'm not going to spend, you know, whatever, 13 bucks on his book. Right. Well, um, some new crappy Star Trek clothes are out.
1: <laughs> Star Trek crappy fashions.
0: Um, Yay.
1: One is uh, pajamas, oh. which is basically what they were wearing anyway. <laughs> but you can get them in, you know, gold, red, or blue. Mm-hmm. Um, this is funny, though. Um, it's called the Star Trek Command Kirk Men's Pajama Set, the Star Trek Engineering Scotty Men's Pajama Pajama Set, and the Star Trek Science Spock Men's Pajama Set. And they are all um, $49.95. That's pretty pricey. I know. But it says, relax like the crew of Stark trek <laughs> would in these luxurious pajamas and bathrobes you've seen the bathrobe before featuring oh, yes. star trek insignia these pajamas and robes for men and women so who knows maybe not the jammies for women are perfect piece, are the perfect piece for drying off and relaxing from a long day at the lab or as part of one or as part of one amazing costume
0: Oh, wear your PJs as part of your costume. You're right,
1: wear your PJs See, to the con. Now, th- you know, when they do pajama brunch, it would be kind of fun to wear Trek pajamas.
0: Oh, it would. But here's the thing I don't get. I mean, does anybody think that Kirk wore pajamas? No. Uh, well, of course not. So when you're wearing... Not even sure he had a robe. <laughs> <laughs> when you're wearing Command Kirk men's pajamas, you're not actually wearing Kirk's pajamas. You're wearing a uniform that's meant you know that's pajamas. It's right. not Kirk's pajamas. He never See, wore pajamas. I think pajamas. that's he never wore pajamas. I think that's just false advertising.
1: Now that is on Star Trek .com. Right over on Amazon, mm-hmm. we have this is from Ruby's Costume Company <laughs> Star Trek Captain Kirk action suit set costume, <laughs> oh. child size eight to ten. There's a picture of a little dweeb with his hands, you know, on his <laughs> hips or what pass for hips in little boys, and um, the the description cracks me up. These oh, are it's the best thing ever. These are bullet points. Uh-huh. Bullet includes printed jumpsuit. Well, good because that's what you're buying. Bullet live long and prosper. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> Bullet fits children sizes 8 to 10 Bullet This is the officially licensed And trademarked costume
0: Really? <laughs> yeah Yeah.
1: Bullet makes a great addition to any Dress up wardrobe Like where to church kids <laughs> And Bullet Made in China
0: Of course it is But it, it, it
1: looks it really cheap and, and shiny in that cheap shiny way and it's a jumpsuit. it's not pants and top
0: no, no it's an it's like a onesie for an eight year old kid yeah, um now, did you read the review uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it's like a bot spam review. <laughs> this
1: one that says "My son is more than happy yes, okay, um first of all, it gets five stars. Uh But then for educational, it gets one. (laughs) One. (laughs) For fun, it gets one. One. (laughs) And the person says, I was not very happy at the beginning. But when I saw my son so happy, I decided that is okay. So when the kid is happy, I'm happy. Smiley face, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't even make sense. No, no. Um, If you scroll further down, though, um, you can also get your child a stormtrooper costume. And frankly, that's pretty scary. I think most kids would get freaked out being in one of those.
0: I think so, too. It would be really claustrophobic.
1: And people who bought that, (laughs) they also bought the 50s chiffon scarf from Greece. (laughs) Hey, Viv, 50s fashion adult socks. And rhinestone cat eye 50s eyeglasses. <laughs> all for the same kid, huh? Sounds good. I guess so. Oh, that's too funny. I really, one of the things I love most on Amazon is seeing what people who bought or people who looked at this also bought. And sometimes you're going, where where is the connection? What is, you know. <laughs> but um, live long and prosper, the most important bullet point of them all. It's true. They should have had it as
0: the first bullet point, honestly. <laughs>
1: yep and it also you know you can get um adult sizes you know other similar
0: things mm-hmm. uh so uh, i i see that they um they also have uh the regular the adult sizes here they have the Star trek movie gold shirt, which is illustrated with a picture of a guy <laughs> wearing a red shirt of course, and then they have the Star trek classic deluxe shirt. And I'm not sure how it can be classic and deluxe at the same time. Mm. I don't know. Just um, keep jamming those adjectives in. Adjectives in. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, so y- you know, go to Amazon for all your Star Trek dress-up needs. Well, uh, except basically.
1: for sleepwear, which you want from StarTrek.com. com. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> okay. What's next? Oh, let me see. Uh, hold on a second. There was another very fun clip of Bill on the twenty-five thousand dollar pyramid. So this was a different clip from him destroying the set when he lost. Mm-hmm. This was a cute little clip and it's really short of him having to uh, do the titles of dances to his. Oh uh, yes! Partner. Oh yes! It is wonderful and it just is so funny again he's giving 110 percent. you know he wants to win more than anything in the whole world and he just goes at it when he's trying to convey the names of these dances and the last one is the best one because it's belly dancing yeah so to see bill attempting to do a belly dance is pretty darn funny um especially knowing his history with belly dancers, I thought that was pretty good. Yes, too. but he's got like the hip gyrations going. He does. So I encourage everyone to watch it. It's like two minutes long. Um, but he looked really good in that, too. You know, despite the horrible 70s clothes, he yes. had much better toupee, and he just looked sort of tan and with it and fit and everything. So. Yep. Would recommend. A++. Yes.
1: Um, also, I believe this previous weekend was the horse show. It was, that is so, correct. So oh. looking forward to, to finding some reports
0: of that on the the, uh, the fan club site. So, yep. so Well, I did see a, a picture that Tom Bergeron tweeted because he was there um, with a little note that said, um, my riding instructor. <laughs> yes, and, Bill you know, has he, tweeted something about that he's giving Tom Bergeron horseback riding lessons. Riding lessons. Well, unfortunately, it was a picture of Bill... And Tom Bergeron and that horse abuser, Tommy Turvey, who was there again, which made me very, very angry to look at. So that was bad. Um, But apparently the auction went really well. Bill had put a whole bunch of items up for auction, and um, everything went for pretty high prices. And he tweeted that he was quite happy with the results of that. So that was all good.
1: Well, and this year the silent auction was available
0: online as well. That's right. That's exactly. So he was tweeting about that like mad. And he was on, like... Every TV news show and radio. on radio.
1: Yeah, L.A. was, was just, getting inundated with Shatner Schilling.
0: Yep, he, he was going crazy for it. So, you know, good for Bill. Yeah. He's doing the right thing. Yeah.
1: Well, should we have just a tiny piece of bad fanfic?
0: Oh, let's do it. It's just a snippet, <laughs> which I thought was wonderful. Yes,
1: it's two sentences. This is from a Harry Potter... Pirates of the Caribbean crossover fanfic.
0: Now, you have to also mention the misspellings. Well, yes. Those are funny, too. Yes.
1: I want to read the first sentence, just the way it's written, and then we will analyze. And then we'll do the second sentence. Okay. Do you, Hermione Granger, take Jack Sparrow to be your loftily wedded husband? Till death do you part? The priest turned and asked her. Now, it doesn't sound too bad until you realize, which you may not have gotten from hearing it, that he, she is being asked to take him as her loftly, L-O-F-T-L-Y, loftly. L-O-F-t-l-y mm-hmm. wedded husband. Up in
0: the clouds. I guess. The highest one. Yeah. Till
1: death do, D-U-E, <laughs> <me>. you part. <laughs> now, what's surprising me is the person cannot spell Do. But they can spell Hermione.
0: Really? Well, they just copied and pasted that out of Wikipedia on Hermione, I think. But also, you know, everybody needs to step back and wrap their minds around the concept of Hermione Granger marrying Jack Sparrow. Well, yes.
1: And I do not know from this snippet if she's 12 or 22. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's the second sentence.
0: <laughs> if that wasn't enough. Yeah. Well, this is three one.
1: sentences, but then we're at the end. I do, she responded. She looked back at Jack. Their eyes exchanged looks of love. <laughs> <laughs> and their hands ex- exchanged hits of anger and. Something like and that. And their feet exchanged
0: kicks of pain. <laughs> Why was she looking back at him? Was she running away from him at some point? Well, maybe she was looking at the priest. But why would she sit? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, suddenly she was three steps in front of him and she had to turn all the way around. Yes, yes. Something.
1: But I, I really do like that. Their eyes exchanged looks of love. Of love.
0: Looks of love. They weren't actually in love. It was just looks of love. Yeah.
1: So that that's just a little snippet of bad fanfic that I, I ran across the snippet. I don't know what happens in the whole story. I don't know how they all got involved. I don't know if Harry and redheaded kid are there or, you know, or if Jack is a visiting lecturer at Hogwarts, you know.
0: Oh, the you know, those crossovers are just a little bit crazy. It, as soon as you sent that to me, it reminded me of the Legolas in Hawaii <laughs> kind on of a Walmart thing.
1: Well, that's where they're going on their honeymoon, and they're going to meet Legolas and, and got- Mary Sue, whatever her name was.
0: Well, Legolas is in Pirates of the Caribbean. He's just called Will Smith. Right, that's, that's right. It, right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe nice he's well, his own look-
1: cousin or something. <laughs>
0: Um, Let's take a little break. Okay. And then um, we'll come back with some of these other things, including (laughs) the Etsy segment.
1: Yay! Yay.
0: We must have much Etsy.
1: Space, the final frontier.
0: These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where
1: no man has gone before.
0: We love our listeners and we want to hear from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com and comment at the blog at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. This podcast produced on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. Let's start with a pop quiz. (gasps) <gasps> Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, no. This is the kind of thing I'm going to have nightmares about. Okay, no, go. I ran across this on Mental Floss.
1: And oh, I love Mental Floss. Me too. Oh, love it, love it. Uh, the, the article is eight more surprising things banned by the BBC. Oh. So okay. naturally, it does discuss Star Trek. But here's what it has to say, and this is where the quiz comes in. First of all, there is a picture of Kirk and Spock both looking rather puzzled. <laughs> so obviously, they didn't know about this either. Okay. Four episodes of the original series of Star Trek were not aired on the BBC. Because, according to the Beeb, they all dealt most unpleasantly with the already unpleasant subjects of madness, torture, sadism, and disease.
0: Okay. Can you name the four? Dagger of the Mind. Nope. Nope. Oh, come on. That has to do with madness? And torture, but no. Oh, okay. Um, the one with Garth, whatever that one's called? Yes. Okay. What is that one called? Whom
1: Gods Destroy.
0: Thank you. Okay, I couldn't remember that. Um, uh, oh, the the one that was just on um, with Odonna. That's about disease. Nope. Oh, Miri? Um, oh, yes. Okay, that's a disease one. Uh, what were the things that they dealt with again? Madness, torture, sadism,
1: and disease.
0: Uh, um, not, not bread and circuses. Um, the one with the Nazis. (laughs) Uh,
1: no, the Nazis is not one of them.
0: Okay. Um, uh, uh, um, the one with Jim, empath. Yes, that's three. Good for you. That's the torture one. Okay. Uh gosh, I don't know. The fourth um, one is the
1: only one I knew had been banned oh. by the BBC. Okay, what is it? Plato's Stepchildren. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um but I didn't know that there were others. Oh. So that that was um kind of surprising and then it goes on to say it wasn't the last time the final frontier ran afoul of british taste in 1988 the bbc initially refused to run a somewhat gruesome episode of the next generation called conspiracy which featured alien parasites taking over starfleet officials brains
0: oh yeah and then their heads explode at the end oh
1: okay the episode later ran in an
0: edited form Uh, Yeah, it was pretty gross, the head exploding.
1: Another episode, The High Ground, which dealt with terrorism and made a glancing reference to Irish nationalism, Mm -hmm. was also dropped from the initial run, but re-aired in 2007. Now, from what I heard from some other fans, it was only a few years ago that Plato's Stepchildren was finally shown in Britain.
0: Wow. That's very interesting. Yeah. I didn't
1: know about that. No. Well, like I say, I knew about Plato's stepchildren because it's got, you know, the pervy horse play and.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah.
1: And Vulcan's crying, which.
0: Oh, nobody wants. And then and, he has to kiss Christine it's and gross. And bitter dregs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. So,
1: you know, you are better off being spared that. But I didn't know there were others. No, I didn't either. And, you know, since you were able to come up with others <laughs> that deal with the exact same topics, I mean, I'm going, Mary, Empath, I can see. There's some definite torture going on there. But yeah. Mary. Well, I guess because of
0: the disease stuff. Yeah, but and, I, you know, do they not allow uh, medical shows on British TV? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I an Erlenmeyer flask full of death. That's all I can <laughs> think about when I think of, of Mary. That's its subtitle, Miriam. It is in in my brain. It is. (laughs) Well, you did
1: very well on the pop quiz. I have to say. Well,
0: three out of four—that's pretty good. Well, I had a couple of misses, though. Yeah, if I had had to do it straight through,
1: that's okay. You didn't have any time to study, (laughs) and you did—you obviously did not—you know—quickly type out of sight of me and you know go look it up. So,
0: oh no, no, I—you did it right out of your own
1: brain. So good for you. Now, let's not have your head explode.
0: No, it won't. Okay. I promise. Okay. Um, uh, Here's a little thing I wanted to talk about uh, just quickly. So Bill uh, was doing things, and he was in New Zealand for a little bit. He wasn't doing any appearances there, but he did do quite a bit of press there um, for various things, including the show, which he did do in Australia. Uh, And there was quite a long interview with him at uh, stuff.co.nz, which is a really good media outlet in New Zealand. And um, I just wanted to read what I thought were some of the more interesting parts of it. Sure. Because I figured most people probably didn't see this. So uh, it says, uh, Captain James T. Kirk, T.J. Hooker, Stan Fields, and Denny Crane. William Shatner has certainly created some memorable characters during a film and television career spanning more than 60 years. But the Canadian-born veteran admits he's only recently learned how to act and still feels the same stress and anxiety before performing that he did when he trod the boards as a young man at Ontario's Stratford Shakespeare Festival. So Bill still gets anxious before he goes on stage. That's part of
1: continual striving for improvement and to do the best work you possibly can.
0: So I just, I I hadn't really thought about that before. Uh And the fact that he says he's only recently learned how to act, I I also thought was really very interesting. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Got to find the interesting part. Oh, he talked about doing stunts on Star Trek. He says, I did a lot of stunts. You do it if your face is there, but you let the stuntman take the hard fall. Because speed is of paramount importance, you're more likely to do your own stunts on a TV show than a film. But don't believe any actor when they say, I do all my own stunts. That's ludicrous, because if you should hurt your pinky and have to get it taped up, that's a lost half hour, which is a lot of money. Really hurt yourself, and the whole production can come to an end. Now, I just want to point out that Bill was the one who, in his autobiography, says he was getting up on top of trains. (laughs) (laughs) so maybe he's not quite telling the whole truth there i don't know but he
1: has also said if an actor does his own stunts that actually means he walks and maybe runs so (laughs) you know true true to his billness we get a a variation of uh, opinions and statements
0: Yes. So anyway, that was the first thing I thought of as I'm reading it and he's saying that. I was like, but Bill, you were on top of a train. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So here, now this is really, this is more acting stuff, which I thought you would particularly appreciate. Okay. Talking about Boston Legal. He says, His meticulous approach to his craft confused some of the directors on Boston Legal. Quote, I like to take a script and plot out my arc, especially since we don't shoot, in order. So if the first day of shooting involves a scene from the middle of the show, I look and ask myself, what have I just come from and where am I going? I like to have an emotional plot line. Let's see, I'll shout over here so that when I'm here, the fact that I shouted means I'm embarrassed. I remember that we had regular directors and they'd say, Bill, come out of that door. And I'd come out fast or slow, depending on what I thought I'd be doing, and the director would say, no, come out a little faster. And I'd say, okay, I'll come out a little bit faster. Finally, I had to say, and I hate talking about what I'm doing, listen, I've got a plot line I've got going here. Like, you've got your shots lined out, I've got mine plotted. So, he had like we saw a little bit of that right when we were watching the mm-hmm. filming that he had in his head what it was that he wanted to do, um, and every time he did it, he would do it just a little bit differently, depending on what his little plot line was. Mm-hmm. I could see that directors might not be as comfortable with that as, as some others. And he said, um, not in this interview, but another one that I had read, uh, maybe or you read it, that um, Spader was like totally shaken by this because mm-hmm. he wasn't used to that at all, like the way that Bill would approach something, but he relaxed into it over time.
1: Yes. That's also um, the whole idea of when you come in thinking about where are you coming from? Well, not just you know, what happened previously in the script that the audience is actually going to see. But it, it's it's a good thing when you come in to know where you have come from, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, you know, what were you doing in that other room or that other space? And many times in rehearsals, directors will stop and ask you that.
0: Mm-hmm. So interesting, you know, Bill has this actorly stuff that he carries around. Oh, I, I yeah. It's so good. Um, let's see. Uh, There was one more thing in here. Oh, this was good. Despite now being considered one of Hollywood's elder statesmen, (laughs) Shatner Shatner admits to not feeling competent to offer young actors advice. Quote, I look back and I see that I've provided a way of life for my children and grandchildren, my wife and myself, and that feels terrific. I think I've had the most luck, the best life... But I also know I'm a member of a family who is also an actor and looking for work, and he's hard-pressed and worried. It can be an ominous life going from job to job. That's very true. Still. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that he still feels that way. Yep.
1: Um, you brought up Boston Legal, and I just want to bring up this very funny tweet that came up just recently, like in the last day or two. Somebody had posted or tweeted <clears throat> that they had just gotten the first season box set of boston legal and, and they said something like boston legal box set with william shatner and bill posted just to be clear i am not actually in the box <laughs> i saw that that was so funny uh, yep but hate for anybody to be disappointed <laughs> exactly
0: that's great um so uh, one more thing real quick um Shatner says he would love to be offered a role in a film like *Silver Linings Playbook*. That's a film about ordinary people. I would do anything to just play an interesting character in a film. Wow. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows what might happen?
1: That's right. Well, yeah. well, I was going to say, you know, they're filming or going to film *American Gods*, but the role I have him in mind for is definitely not an ordinary character. Yeah. But um.
0: So. Very, very interesting interview. Yeah. Definitely. It's, it's long, but I recommend that people read it if they want to just, you know, it's a nice little overview, but it's got some really good quotes about what what he's currently doing and mm-hmm. where things are going to go. Okay, so um, what's next on the list? What do you got? I've got
1: a really bad pun. Now you can say the treks in the mail <sighs> and be telling the truth. Thanks to checks in the mail, Star Trek fans can give their checks a very personal and very Trek touch. The company has introduced sets of checks and checkbook covers in four designs. Classic, with images of Kirk, Spock, Scotty, the TOS cast, the Enterprise, etc. Captains, images of Kirk, Picard, Sisko, and Janeway. Ships, blah, 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 blah. And colorful (laughs) quags, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and Uhura. So, um, and uh, on the page, you can see some of these various checks, and uh, (laughs) I actually have to admit, I think the quags are cute. Are they? Oh, yes. Yeah, um, the... the (laughs) I don't know. They're just you know cartoony, but the Kirk one—he's got a big like phaser gun sort of thing, and he's looking over his shoulder back at us, like, "Watch! I'm gonna shoot this, and you're gonna really see something." So, um, yeah, you can you can get those
0: Star Trek check, So you can announce to everyone as you're writing a check at the supermarket that you are a super geek. Yep.
1: And who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. One of the cooler ones, though, is that, um, that profile shot of um, Spock, Kirk, McCoy, and Chekhov from, uh, what's the Billy the Kid one called? Oh, that one, um, Spectre of the Gun. Yes. And, oh. um, and they've done it, I- at least here, on sort of a silvery gray background. That Ooh. looks really cool.
0: That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. I, that would be impressive. Um,
1: except I cannot, well, except for writing a check to the government to pay my taxes. I think that's the last time I wrote a check.
0: Yeah. In very, a
1: long it, time.
0: Very infrequently. Checks now last, like a checkbook, mm-hmm. just one set of checks will last you about five years. Yeah.
1: So maybe <laughs> so if you bought this, it, it it could be mint in box
0: forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking of Star Trek, since we're talking about Star Trek now. Mm -hmm. Yes. um, Yes. Uh, You had mentioned, I think, um, that they restarted uh, Star Trek, the series, on MeTV back at the beginning again. So I watched Where No Man uh, (gasps) when it was on. Oh, my God. Like, I can't remember. We probably talked about this, but I'm going to say it again anyway. It is beautiful remastered. Unbelievably beautiful, remastered. The colors are just gorgeous. I could not believe how good it looked, and it's so crisp. You can just see every detail, and the ship looks amazing. And it's just—it was gorgeous. And watching it again, you know, Lockwood, as much of an asshole as he is in real life, he was really good in that episode. Yes, I love that episode. That is one of my absolute favorites. (sighs) So. I was very impressed yes. seeing it. And then, um, what did I watch? Oh, um, Naked Time was on mm. last week, I guess. So I watched some of that. And it was also really good looking. I didn't watch the whole thing, though, no, Because there came the part where, um, I watched it right up into the part where Chapel was starting to come on to stock <gasps> And then I got creeped out and I had to go watch <laughs> something else. I don't blame you. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it was icky. It's pretty icky. But anyway, I just want to say to people, if you have time on Saturday night at 9 o'clock and you get MeTV on your cable, you should be watching these because they are beautiful. They are
1: amazing. Um, I want to just do a quick shill for something, and then maybe we should do our Etsy segment. Oh, yeah. The quick shill is Trek Fest in Riverside, Iowa. Oh, yeah, It is coming up. It will be June 28th and 29th. Mm -hmm. And um, the theme... This year is I Mud, <laughs> and so the 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 um the uh the t-shirt and the logo and everything has hairy mud on it, and uh, I don't know June twenty eighth, twenty ninth. I don't know that I've got anything going on just <laughs> then. So oh wait oh no that's the weekend before no so you know who knows
0: who knows road trip. <laughs>
1: Maybe that's where the Galileo is. You know, like they could bring it there for Trek Fest, and then you and I could
0: do a show. Wow. You should ask them if they're going to do that. Yes. I wonder, did they just put it like on a flatbed truck and take it places? I don't know. Oh, interesting. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Wow. I bet it's going to be hot as hell in <laughs> Riverside in June. Yeah. Yeah, Probably. <laughs> Okay, let's do Etsy. Okay. Etsy, Yay. we're talking Etsy. Um, so I sent you the list of Etsy things. Let's do them in reverse order.
1: Okay, so we're starting. Okay, I see it. I will open this. Yeah.
0: Okay. So the first one I want to talk about is the miniature canvas and easel set. Okay. Now, we've talked before about lit. Little tiny things you can buy for your dollhouse, and this is a company, and this is what they make: little tiny easels with little <gasps> tiny canvases on them. Oh my! It's, it's like oh, this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So here's. So what this it's is like. like for a doll's house. Yes, it is for a doll's house. Oh my goodness! Welcome to the wonderful world of the teeny tiny canvas company. It's a collective of London-based artists specializing in producing one-off pieces of art in miniature. This is the beautiful Captain Kirk mini canvas and easel set from the classic Star Trek TV series. These little works of art make excellent <laughs> gifts and look amazing adorning coffee tables, desks, shelves, or anywhere else. If you want a quirky artwork without the overbearing size or cost, <laughs> add a little touch of vintage class to a room with these little beauties. Each canvas measures 9 by 7 centimeters centimeters, with a mini easel around 12 centimeters high. Don't forget to choose which color easel you would like with checkout. Each of these mini canvases are printed with the highest quality inks. And it's uh, one of those promo pictures of Kirk from uh, just before they started filming when he's wearing the um, the velour shirt with the very thick uh, black collar on it. Right, and his
1: hair is really greasy.
0: It's really and greasy. And he's sucking his his cheeks in. He's sucking his cheeks in.
1: Yes. But, yeah.
0: So, you can get this teeny, tiny little canvas mm-hmm. with Kirk on it. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was the cutest thing. Yeah. So, it's... Oh, man. Yeah. Nine by seven centimeters. It's really, really small. <laughs> like, yeah, for a dollhouse. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they make lots of other ones, too, but I love the Kirk one. I just yes. I thought that was so Yes. Cool. So, there you go. Okay. So, that was the first one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you have a dollhouse, you need that. Yeah. Now... The next thing is um, the Captain Kirk felt bag, hand-stitched stencil. Okay. And the reason I wanted to talk about this one is not so much because of the bag. It's because of what the bag is hanging on. Okay. (laughs) So the felt bag is just a bag made out of felt. And it's got a, a black... Outline of Kirk stenciled onto it. And, and it's, it's on the same sale. picture
1: that was on the little teeny tiny yes. easel.
0: It's the same one. So it's, it's on clearance, this one. Oh boy. Hand, sti- hand stenciled. Um, a versatile little bag with Captain Kirk's silhouette and hand stitched in felt. Classic gold, black, and white with four pockets on the inside. So it's just like a little carrying bag made mm-hmm. out of felt that you could take around. It's cute. But here's the thing. You know, people take their Etsy pictures in all sorts of backgrounds. And this is photographed um, in a room with a background that looks like a shower curtain that says Ramones on it. Mm -hmm. Like, from the Ramones. And it's over the shoulder of an armless yellow mannequin that's wearing bondage gear. (laughs) Why? No reason. No. They just... have to have it sitting around the house and they said what could we hang this felt bag on to to show it off to its best advantage i know let's put it on the bondage mannequin so maybe that's a
1: a vulcan dominatrix she's sort of yellow green she
0: has no arms well it's weird
1: well you know you gotta get a gimmick very very strange that is very strange and it's
0: on sale Yep, 2150. It's on sale. Yep. Wow. So it was really the mannequin that caught my attention more than Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the else. the bag is not all
1: that remarkable, but um No. Okay. And
0: apparently all of the felt bags are are being modeled on this particular yellow <laughs> armless bondage mannequin. Okay. Very weird. Yeah, yeah. very strange. Okay. Moving right along, this I thought was actually quite cool and clever. So, this is Star Trek What Does God Need With a Starship eye chart. I love it's, it. It's 8 by 10. It's one of those geekly art prints. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's framed, and it looks just like an eye chart, but it says, what does God need with a starship? With, you know, one letter, two letters, three letters, four yeah. letters, five letters. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. That is um, neat. It says, "What does God need with a starship?" Star Trek, a great quote from one of the most classic science fiction movies ever written. Well, I don't know about that. Um, a must-have for Star Trek fans, and buy three, get one free sale. I don't even know what else they sell, but they certainly. Oh, they sell all kinds of eye charts with different quotes from movies and things. But this one, I just thought was great. Does it come framed? Um. Let's see. Uh, print description. You will have a small white border; can be trimmed down. Print will be printed on archival matte paper. Oh, frame is is not included. So, yeah, you would have to get it framed somewhere else. But I guess that's okay. You could pick what kind of frame you liked for it.
1: Well, again, let's talk about the display here. It's on a shelf with some books, and the one uh, that that you can read the title of is the Zombie Survival Guide. Yep, that's cool. And then down in the corner in front of the eye chart is a little teeny tiny stormtrooper. Yep. And then on the other side is this white um, sort of mini statue of a cat. Yeah, it's
0: cool, though. It looks like it's made out of paper, but it's Yeah, not. it does. It looks like an
1: origami cat.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I can see, I can... By making the image bigger, I can read one of the titles of the other books, which is A Hundred Things You're Not Supposed to Know, <laughs> which sounds like a great title for a book.
1: You know, this um, this eye chart, if you had it blown up really big, like it really was an eye chart, wouldn't it be a cool thing to have, like, in the waiting room of an eye doctor? Oh, definitely.
0: I would want one of these yeah. for sure. Y- you yeah.
1: know, it'd be easy to make one of these.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't have to order it. I mean, it's only 9 bucks, but that's probably because they put it on, as they said, really nice paper. Right, right. So, you know, you'd have to go source the Mm paper. So, anyhow, I just thought that was very cool. Yeah. Woo! I like it. Okay. Okay. Now, here we go from something cool to something really odd. Um, This is the drawing print of William Shatner as Captain Kirk in Star Trek. (laughs) And guess what? It's that same picture again. Yeah. (laughs) But here's the thing I don't get about it is that the left half of Kirk's face looks really nice and like the left half as you're looking at it mm-hmm. looks really nice and beautiful and sort of smooth skin. And then the right half of his face looks like something happened to it. Yeah, like, like somebody threw acid disease. at him. <laughs> What's going on with that? Why does the right half of his face look so horrible? And is he two-faced? Do- two- <laughs>
1: Why are they all choosing to work from that picture? I hate that picture, and I always have. I do too.
0: He looks so smarmy in that picture. Yeah, he's he's just got sort of like a "Hey, babe" look on his face. Yeah, it's not very good. But yeah, it's really odd how the two sides of his face totally don't match up.
1: Hmm. Um,
0: I don't like it, and I don't either. They they made an attempt to color in his shirt yellow, but um, the rest of it is sort of a sepia tone. mm Hmm. So he says, um, this is an HQ print of an original pencil drawing I made of William Shatner as Captain Kirk in Star Trek. It was made with a combination of regular pencils and colored pencils. I worked on this one for several hours a night from April 13th to April 18th, 2013. Well, several hours a night, boy. Thanks for that. Really? (laughs) Really?
1: You'll never get that time back. You'll
0: <laughs> never get that time back. So so I would not recommend that people buy this. The iChar is much better than this. Yeah, yeah. If you want some Trek crap. Okay, so the last thing I just thought was the best thing. And it was so funny because as I was starting to do the Etsy roundup, this was the very first thing I came across and I was like, whoo! Okay, I'm going to click the link. Okay. Captain Kirk and the Kirkettes Wine Charms. <laughs> These are great. So, wine charms—wine charms—are are little, um, like little medallions or something that you put on a wine glass so that you can tell it's your wine glass. So that you know if you're at a party and you put your glass down, nobody picks up your glass and drinks out of it. Mm-hmm. So these are uh, little—they're little round ones. They probably are like an inch across, and they hang. They look like earrings. That's pretty much what. Mm-hmm. They look like. So it says. Um, my unique charms can double as a party game or great conversation starter. Here's a set I call Kirk and the Kirkettes. People will fight over Captain Kirk, sure. He's got the big ray gun. But you'll certainly remember if you are Marta, the green slave girl, or Shana, the babe with the silver bikini on the planet Triskelion. There's Drusilla, the blonde Roman slave on the planet 892-4, and Nona, the Kanutu healer, and of course, Yeoman Rand. They spell Yeoman Ran wrong. Yeah,
1: well, you know, that that's the poison glass.
0: Exactly. The Yeoman Ran so, yeah, glass. So you get a set of six, you get one Kirk, and then the rest are all the Kirkettes. So I just thought this was a great idea if you bought the set when you had a party, you know. Like, somebody would have to, um, you know, I don't know, roll the dice to be Kirk to get <laughs> the Kirk charm. And then everybody else would, you know, the loser would get rand and i guess maybe the winner would get to be nona or something you know
1: well i just clicked one of the links or one of the other ones and he's also got a set of the enterprise crew Oh, and then some some like cartoony ones but i don't i don't those don't seem to be star trek there's something else
0: okay well i just think um Kirk and the Kirkettes is the best, and also a good name for a band.
1: Yes, that right? well, that, you know, I was going, what could it possibly be? Now we know.
0: <laughs> now we know. Kirk and the Kirkettes. Wine charms. Wine charms. <laughs> so, I can, I can recommend those, and they're only $15. bucks. they are very, very cute.
1: Yes. Well, I think we should call it a show.
0: I think so, too. We've been talking an awfully long time.
1: Yes, yes.
0: But we got through a lot. We did get through a lot. And of course, there'll be more for the next time because there's always more for the next time. Um, So people should keep watching Star Trek on MeTV. Um, Keep sending us email and things that we should be knowing about. Um, You know, if there are cons coming up or uh, if people are, well, you know, I'm trying to I think the Star Trek movie is actually opening in Europe before it opens in America, so people might get to see it before it opens here. But, it, um, I believe
1: they had the, the premiere or whatever in London or something, and some reviews oh. are already
0: out. Oh, okay well I'm not going to read those because I don't want to know anything about it so mm-hmm. if, if anybody wants to tell us stuff that happened like if you've seen the movie or if you've read stuff about the movie send it to us but put spoilers in the subject yes. line yes, please. so that we, we don't accidentally read it and, and mm-hmm. get spoiled for it. but we are going to go well I am anyway I'm going to go see the movie when it comes out so then we will we will be talking about
1: it okay and I'm going to put out, put out there again just a reminder if you're in Illinois and want to meet up or go together to this thing with the Tenudas on May 18th, mm-hmm. send us email or you know post on our, our Facebook page or yes any any of those good things and uh, and of course be sure and wear your Star Trek uh, jammies and live long and prosper.
0: Oh yes, and watch Kingdom of the Spiders with Rift Track. Yes, be very very. Fun.
1: Yes yes yes.
0: All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll be back with another show soon you <laughs>